welcome to this podcast, recorded live at the Junction Church, Aberdeen. We pray this message inspires and encourages you. For more information, you can connect with us at www.thejunctionchurch.com. But do you remember, ever remember, um, when you were a child um, and not being able to do something? The frustration of not being able to do something. I remember Heidi sitting down and we used to get those big catalogues catalog through the door, you know, like Grattans it was called or something like that. It might be, it might, that's a long time ago, maybe next or something like that. And as you, as you just, she just pulled the, the page over, uh, it would flip back again because it was too heavy and she would flip over and similar age to what Isabella is and just sitting there and getting so frustrated that she couldn't, the book wouldn't remain open, it would just flip back over again. And uh, there's so many uh, times in which you see children that can't actually manage to do anything, but they need to have a hand to help. And I remember even my own mother taking a hold of my hands and as I was learning to knit, she would take a hold of my hands and she would show me how to knit because I would drop one and and there would be a hole in in the knitting that I'd done and and so she would grab a hold of my hands and and she would help me and teach me and train me how to knit and how to make a jumper. I remember Kevin speaking about how his father um, who's a cabinet maker and he was teaching Kevin how to plane wood. Now have you ever seen a plane they're kind of like a long long thing like that with a blade and as you go through it you have to use this motion that is smooth otherwise you just dig into the wood and uh, Kevin remembers his father because Kevin got a hold of the plane and just (coughs) you know just making dents in the wood rather than shaving something off but his father would take a hold of his hands and he would teach him how to just gently glide that plane across to just get an even uh, shavings as you were just making I don't know whatever And, and, and the power of taking a hold of a parent taking a hold of a child's hand and teaching them of the ways, teaching them and training them. And I remember even, you know, tying my shoelaces that someone had to take take a hold of my hands and teach me how to tie shoelaces. Anybody else the same? Yeah? That's always the biggie. When you can tie your shoelaces, you can do anything. And, uh, you know, rabbit round the tree and through the hole, whatever, or the rest of it. But it's incredible how if you have someone's hands on you and you, you can't do something, how then you are enabled and empowered to do something. And uh, I've been dwelling on this verse for a very long time and it's been feeding me and I've been meditating on it. And um, it's this verse in Psalms 139 and you'll be so familiar with it. I'm actually going to read it from the Passion Translation. And it says, you've gone into my future to prepare the way. That's God has gone into your future to prepare the way. And in kindness, you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. So he goes before and he comes up behind. With your hand of love upon my life, you impart a blessing to me. And so as you sit here, I want to speak about the fact that he's got this. 
that he's got your life. He's going before, which I find incredible that any situation, anything that uh, is said in front of me, whatever challenge, whatever task, whatever I face as a parent, as a student, whatever it may be, God has gone into my future and is already there. Not only that, is he saves me from my mistakes that I've made in the past. Because let's face it, we all have, haven't we? Unless you're Mr. or Mrs. Perfect. But he has brought up the rear, as it were, and says, okay, I'm going before, I'm going behind. But more than that, I'm placing my hand of blessing upon you. And you see, when the hand of blessing is imparted upon us from God, it's like the parent who gets a hold of our hands and says, you can do this. I didn't think I could do it until my father or my mother put their hand upon my hand and said, you've got this, you can do this. I'm training you, I'm enabling you, and I'm empowering you for what you can possibly do. Well, as you sit here this morning, I want you to know that the hand of God is upon your life to enable you, to empower you as you step forward, even into the unknown. You are not on your own. Never are you on your own because he is imparting unto you a continual blessing. It's not a one-off, it's an every day, it's an every moment upon your life. And he's enabling you to do much more than what you ever thought or imagined. And I want to draw two men out of the Bible today to just show you the power of God's hand upon your life. Because let's face it, we forget Fear comes in, challenges come in, worry comes in, unknown comes in, circumstances suddenly shift from one thing to another and we forget that the hand of God is upon our life in part in blessing. And so I want to draw from uh, two men and the first one that I want to draw from is David. And um, there's this amazing scripture in um, Psalms 144 and verse 1 and and, and David is there and he says this he says blessed be the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle we used to sing a song blessed be the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle anybody know it oh it was it was so cheesy it was amazing but by the end of it we're like yes we can take on the world amazing so he says blessed be the lord my rock and the first thing that david is doing is he is acknowledging who god is in his life he is acknowledging that he god is unshakable unmovable he is the one that he can constantly um, grasp a hold of constantly depend on and david is first first and foremost is saying blessed be the lord my rock Blessed be the one who does not move, who does not change. Blessed be the one who is unshakable, the very anchor to my life, the very guide of my life, the very empowering of my life. Blessed be the Lord my God. And then he attributes all of his victories to to, to God, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Because David is so aware of who he would be without God. That when he puts into the equation of who God is in his life, he sees and understands that God's hand is upon him. We were at the ladies' ministry yesterday. We have a ladies' ministry called Devoted. 
And hearing the testimonies, we had like, it was called walking with giants because you don't know, but you're sitting next to a giant. Because a giant of faith who has a testimony in Christ Jesus. And as they spoke about the testimonies of what God's hand had done upon their life, they were attributing all that he had done. And when you hear where God has taken people from and put them to, you can't help but say, blessed be the Lord, my rock. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And so here is David and he's saying, my victories, because David had slain tens of thousands. He said, my hands have been trained by you, not by man. My fingers, you see, David had played a harp that had relieved Saul from a tormenting spirit. If you took just the skill of playing a harp, it would be beautiful. I've always wanted to play the harp, but I don't think it would sound beautiful if I got a hold of it. But here is David and he's saying, this is ordinary. I have a gift of playing a harp. But when God's hand is upon my life, he's upon my hands. Something incredible happens that is way beyond my natural. It becomes supernatural. And he's saying, you trained my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Musicians, I want you to know that when you play, you don't just play. You're doing something in the realm of the spirit. Yeah. He trains your hands for war and your fingers for battle. It's much more than what you think is going on, even in one room, but also in the realm of the spirit. And so here he is, and he's attributing the fact, you train my hands for war. Was it not David who stood before Goliath with a sling in his hand, just a sling and a stone, and he slayed the very thing that was oppressing He slayed him. He said, God, it is you upon my life that has made my natural life supernatural. It is you upon my life that has has gained me victory and has gained me in a place where I can overcome. And so I want to say to you this morning, we're going to take a breath because he's got you. He's got this. He's got this. Take a breath. He's got this. He's got this upon your life because why? His hand of blessing is upon you. And so I'm, I'm just pretty amazed by David as he acknowledges his victories and his accomplishments. So then there's this another guy. There's this other king of Israel in the Bible and his name is Joash. And in 2 Kings we read about him. And in 2 Kings 13 uh, verse 14 it reads this. Elisha had become sick with the illness of which he would die. And then Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him and wept over his face and said, Oh, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. And Elisha said to him, Take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, Put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on it and Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. And said, open the east window. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, shoot. And he shot. And he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of the deliverance from Syria. For you must strike the Syrians at Aphek until you have destroyed them. Then he said, take the arrows. So he took them. And he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. So he struck three times and stopped. A 
And the man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed it. But now you will strike Syria only three times. So here's the king of Israel coming to Elisha. And Joash has come because he's got concerns over his military. He's got concerns over his nation. And he knows that Elisha's basically on his deathbed. And so he knows that he needs to get a word for his nation before Elisha passes. And he comes to Elisha. Now, he honors Elisha. And uh, here he is just before Elisha weeping over him because he's desperate for a word for his nation. He's desperate to know how, the, uh, how Israel is going to go. And so here he is, and he's, he's right there. And Elisha, you have to understand, is on his deathbed. He's a weak man now. But Elisha comes, uh, uh, Joash comes, and he says, I've got to have a word for my nation. I've got to know what is going to happen. So he weeps over them. And instead of Elisha actually get, uh, just saying to Joash, Joash, why? okay, well, just take a bow and arrow and shoot that out the window and I will speak the word over it. That's not what he said. Here is a man who is weak and is dying on his bed and he doesn't just give him a command, this is what you need to do, do it. He hauls himself up out of the bed And he tells Joash to take a hold of the bow. And still, he he doesn't tell him just to do what he's meant to do. Now he takes a hold of him. Heidi, come up here. Elisha, who is dying. You've got to get this. He's dying. He could have said, this is what you need to do. But he takes a hold and he says, Joash, get a hold of the bow. Get a hold of it. And he places... Elisha places his hands on the king's hands. Now, you've got to understand this is really important. And he says, open the window, and together they shot the arrow. Now, why did he do that? Thank you, Heidi. Together they shot the arrow. He placed his hands on Joash's hands. And he says, as he shot it, he spoke the word, this is the Lord's deliverance. And as he shot that, now, I was thinking about it and I was thinking, Elisha's word is powerful. Why did he need to do this? And then I suddenly realized, Elisha knew the power of impartation. Mm-hmm. He was a man who had inherited a mantle. You see, he followed Elijah. And he followed Elijah until Elijah was taken and Elijah's mantle fell upon Elisha. And Elisha succeeded Elijah and a mantle came upon him. And because he had walked with Elisha right to the end, he said, you're going to get double. And so Elisha knew what it was, the power of impartation. He knew what it was to have something come upon you so powerful that it actually changes you completely. Mm. And so he was wanting Joash to receive an impartation. 
Imagine having this old man's hands upon your hands and being told to shoot an arrow. And then the word spoken, this is where your deliverance is. This is coming. This is what Joash longed for. This is what he wanted out of the man of God. But something happened because then Elisha says, right now, take the arrows and strike the ground. Elisha took his hands off of Joash's hands. And he said to Elisha, you strike those arrows on the ground. And so here's Joash, he gets a hold of the arrows and and he just beats the arrows three times upon the ground. And Elisha becomes cross with him and he said, why did you do that? You're only going to get three victories where you could have had done it five or six times and utterly destroyed the enemy. And I suddenly realized that as soon as Elisha's hands were off of Joash's hands, he hadn't received the impartation that Elisha was wanting Joash to get. Maybe he was still frightened for his nation. Maybe he was just apathetic about the whole thing. Maybe it was just like, oh, do you know what? If someone said to me, strike something, I probably would do it three times. It's the general kind of, you know, bang, bang, bang. Yeah, that's, that, that feels about right. But if you've really got the conviction that God is with you, if an impartation has come, then, then there's a passion, there's an unction, there's an empowering. But my goodness, we can go way beyond what we thought or imagined. He should have got a hold of those arrows and continued to strike them because God is with me. He didn't realize as soon as Elisha's hand was off him, he should have realized that God's hand was upon him. It's not Elisha making the difference, it's God making the difference. And this is what happens in our lives that we think, ah, I've got to do something in my own strength because that's how, and we limit what God can do because we grab a hold of it ourselves and we go, oh yeah, right, okay. And then we wonder why our life is limited. We wonder why we're not going anywhere. We wonder why we do things in our own strength or we fear because we don't realize that impartation of the blessing is upon you. Are you with me this morning? Do you realize that the hand of God is upon you? Do you realize he's training you? Do you realize he's leading you and guiding you and empowering you to do greater and beyond what you ever thought or imagined? Mm, Don't stop at normal, my friend. We are not a normal church. You might have realized that already. (laughs) We're pretty passionate, and I would hope that you would strike more than three times. (laughs) God's imparted a blessing upon you. Your Your family's not normal, no. The hand of God's upon it. Your future isn't normal. The hand of God is upon it. Are you hearing me today? Because because Joash, he just fell short. Because he just didn't receive the impartation. He just didn't get the... He didn't acknowledge who God was. You see, the thing is about Joash, is he permitted to have worship, he honoured Elisha, he honoured just God in in, in allowing the people of Israel to worship, but on the inside he was still worshipping pagan worship. That is the difference between David and Joash. 
David had a heart after God. David had a heart that was so surrendered that even though David made the biggest blunders you could ever make, I mean, look at David, you can't get a bigger blunder, right? But his heart came back. Because ultimately, he allowed God to have his heart. His very inner being, the, the very core of who he was. That's why when he starts to worship, he gives God glory first. Because he was a worshipper, just as Heidi said today. And Joash never had that. He wanted God to do stuff, but he never had that inner conviction, that inner knowledge that God has got this. God has got my life. And I want you to take a breath and say, he's got this. Because so often we don't acknowledge God has his hand upon our life. When you gave your life to Christ Jesus, he put his hand upon you. You're marked. And he will never leave it, let his hand come off of you. It's his promise. It's part of the promise. I'm going before you, going behind you. Ah, and by the way, got my hand a blessing on you too. Yeah. You're going to be fine. <laughs> Isn't that so empowering? But when you're faced with your next challenge, what will be your default? Will it be fear, worry, intimidation, heartache even? Default to what was in the past. Oh yeah, I've been here before. Been hurt before. Reckon I can see it coming again too. Can I just read that again? What did it say? In your kindness, you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. In Philippians 4 verse 6, it says, don't worry about anything. (laughs) That's easier said than done, isn't it? (laughs) I was worried about this message. So, (laughs) don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Acknowledge the hand of blessing upon your life. It's not just any hand. It's the creator of the world's hand. It's the victor's hand. It's all love and kindness hand. It's the redemptive hand. It's the powerful hand upon your life. All that is required of you, as David did, was to surrender, is to surrender your heart. There's always a part of in our hearts that we don't really want to give over. We don't really want to let the Lord be Lord of. We do want to, but we don't let him. Because we want to stay in control of it. You've got to acknowledge that you're doing stuff in your own strength. When you start doing stuff in your own strength, it is like walking through custard. Well, 
if you've ever walked through custard. <laughs> but I should imagine it would be like mud, which is what the people who are training to do the beast race will certainly end up doing, walking through mud. And there's no life in your step. When you are striving, there's no peace. When, when you're striving, it's, you can't even think clearly. And, and God wants you to take a breath and take the striving out of your life and understand he's got this. Students, I want to pray for you at the end because I want to pray for your year ahead. Because he's got this. He's got your future. He's got your exam results. I learned something. You still need to work, by the way. It's not like he's got this and like... <laughs> let's just all go on holiday and let God do whatever he needs to do. <laughs> that would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> But we're so busy and we just end up striving, going from one next thing to another that we never take a breath and, and realise his hand of blessing is upon us. Um, I can't remember what I was going to say now. Oh, yeah. So if we can take and surrender our hearts and acknowledge him like David did, you're my rock, you're my unchangeable, you're my unshakable, then... I don't need to worry because God is able. You've got to acknowledge the hand of blessing. And if it helps, see his hand upon your head because that's what helps me. See his hand upon your head. But you've got to receive the full impartation, not like Joash, who on the outward was doing all the right things, but on the inward was never surrendered. And acknowledge his empowering victory over you. To scale every wall of challenge. To achieve, to achieve greater than your expectations. Proverbs 3 verse 5 and you'll know it very, very well. Trust, which is what Heidi was saying. God was saying through Heidi. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. I know what I was going to say about going on holiday. I remember as a kid, my mum saying to me, if you do your best, God will do the rest. And it just stuck with me. It's like, well, I'm just going to do my best and God can do the rest. But a surrendered heart to God and an acknowledgement of who he is and his ability is all you need to get that supernatural power upon your life. Trust in the Lord. Trust that his hand of blessing is enough on your life. Thanks for joining with us. For more information about events, service times and how to connect with us, visit www.thejunctionchurch.com.